One songwriter said it like this. They said, there's just something about the name Jesus. Come on. They said, there's just something. We can't explain it. We don't know always why it works. But how many know when you use the name of Jesus, every demon trembles, every devil flees, every disease falls? Why? Because there's still power in the name of Jesus. If you believe it one more time, lift up the name of Jesus in this room. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I feel the anointing of God in this room today. I want you to grab your Bibles and stand to your feet if you're not already standing. I feel God. I, I, I feel one of them old school Holy Ghost preachers coming on me. One of them spitting preachers. Come on, somebody. You know, we live in Florida. We got SeaWorld. So if you're in the first couple rows this morning, you're just in the splash zone. So just... If I spit on you, rub it in. I prayed before I came. Amen. I feel like preaching today. I'm so excited, uh, thankful to stand behind this sacred desk. I'm so honored to preach for our pastor. Uh, I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I believe that God has blessed us. He didn't just give us great pastors. He blessed us with great pastors. Can we make some noise so they can hear us all the way in Atlanta? We love you, Pastor. We honor you. So grateful. So honored just to be a part of the team. This is an amazing staff and team, and we love you, and we pray for you every single day. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get into the Word of God this morning. I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18. I'm going to preach a popular passage of Scripture, but perhaps in a way that you have never uh, heard before. And uh, so thankful for my beautiful, incredible, amazing wife on the front row. She stood up here and did a thing. Come on, somebody. She did a thing. I, I found out that when she's on the front row like that, I preach real short. Amen. And uh, hashtag date night. Come on, somebody. And uh, I love her and I'm so grateful. But I feel like preaching. Will you preach back at me real good today? the word of God in Jeremiah chapter 18, just four verses, just four verses. And this is what the word of the Lord would say. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel, making something. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I know he's making something. I, I don't have to be worried because I know he's making something. I don't have to be afraid because I know he's making something. I may not know what that something is, but I can be guaranteed that he who has begun a good work is making something, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good for the potter to make. I've really read four verses, but I really want to just sit down in one. Verse three says, I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. God sent me on assignment this morning to preach to you, to encourage you and to prophesy to you. God said to tell you that he didn't pick you up then to let you go now. I'm going to let that sit down in your spirit. God, God, no, no, not Pastor Josh, not, not, the, not the sermon. God told me to tell you that he didn't pick you up then to let you go now. Slip up your hands. I sense the anointing of God. Father, I thank you for what I feel. God, I ask now that you would come in this room and speak. Speak, God, until pain turns to power. Speak, God, until tragedy turns to triumph. Weave your way through every aisle, into every seat, into every heart of every life. God, our ears are open. Speak, great God that you are, and we'll give you praise for all that you do. In Jesus' name, somebody who believes it, shout amen. Why don't you just touch your people on your way down and say, he didn't pick you up then to let you go. Now you may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. If there's anything you have to know about the preacher that stands in front of you is that the preacher that stands in front of you loves the Word of God. Is there anybody in this room that loves the Word of God? 
I love the Word of God for many reasons, but perhaps the reason I love the Word of God so much is I'm finding out that the more I read the Word of God, that the Word of God is not becoming some answer in my life, but it's becoming the answer in my life. I'm finding that the more I lay my head on Matthew, Mark, and John, the less I'll ever have to lay my head on some psychiatrist's chair somewhere because the Word of God is the kind of book that when you lay your head on it, it will breathe back in when life takes out. I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God for many reasons, but perhaps one of the greatest reasons I love the Word of God is because as you read the Word of God, you will realize that God will use real people. Y'all too quiet on me. I said, how many know when you read the Word of God, you figure out real quick that God will use real people, that God is in the business of taking people that had a past and had issues and had circumstances, and yet in the middle of them being natural, God added his super and made them supernatural to do the things they were called to do. God knows how to use a person even when the person has a past. That's good news for somebody in this room. If you would have heard what I just told you, because you're not perfect and you haven't always had it all together and you've had issues and you've had circumstances and you've gone through tragedy and you've gone through pain, but, but please understand in this room, you are a prime candidate for God to use because God wants all the glory from your story and if he can find somebody, even though they got issues, that will say, God, use me. God will use you to make a difference if you believe it's somebody giving praise right now. The Word of God is full of real people. I love the Word of God because it uses real people. But perhaps, but perhaps, but perhaps, of all the real people in the Bible, one of my favorites is Jeremiah. I love Jeremiah. I love Jeremiah for many reasons, but, but perhaps I love Jeremiah because, because in one part of the text, he, he is the weeping prophet, but in the next part of the text, he is known as the prophet with fire shut up in his bones. I love Jeremiah because Jeremiah is balanced. See, sometimes to gain influence, you need to gain balance. Y'all too quiet. Sometimes to go to the next level and opportunity, you need to acquire balance. Uh, see, see, let me put it in your world. See, sometimes, men of God, you need not just to be stern. You also need to know how to weep with those who weep and, and cry with those who cry. Anytime you add balance to your life, you add influence to your life. Jeremiah is the kind of man that can weep with you and at the same time preach to you. And you can feel all the kinds of because he's balanced. I love Jeremiah, but perhaps I love Jeremiah not just because he's balanced, but maybe the real reason I love him so much in amongst all the characters, parables, and psalms and prophecies is because Jeremiah's life is centered on the word of God. I love him because you will find throughout the text one phrase flying through each text, Lamentations and Jeremiah, you'll find one phrase. That phrase simply looks like this, and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I love Jeremiah because Jeremiah is the kind of guy that says, I'm not moving unless I have a word. I'm not moving. I'm not coming off this moment unless I have a word. I'm not going to take it as my permission to make something happen and try to strive to have something happen. I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to be present and I'm going to do my best and I'm not moving unless I got a word because that's where some of us get real pain because we're, we acquire pain because we do stuff outside of the promise. Anytime you do life outside of the promise and life outside of permission, you are giving yourself a chance to cry over something God never had prepared for you. Some of us got pain just because we moved too quick. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Some of us had got issues because we did some stuff too fast that we weren't willing to wait on God and we weren't willing to be faithful in the moment. But let me tell you that anytime you're willing to wait and anytime you're willing to sit down and say, God, I'm not moving until you speak. When the word of the Lord comes, it doesn't just come to call you. It comes to invite you into a place that you've never been before to do something you've never done before. Because when the word of the Lord comes to you, it's your permission slip to move into something greater then yourself just touch your neighbor say get a word yeah 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 i can't date without a word i'm not gonna get a job without a word i'm not gonna move without a word i'm gonna stay right here until god sends the word but when he sends the word i'm gonna make a move to my destiny because the highway is clear and god is calling me if you believe it give him praise right now Life with a word is a life worth living. And Jeremiah is the kind of man that will not move without a word from God. He's posted up saying, God, I'll be faithful here until you move me. And one day, while Jeremiah's being faithful where he's at, 
God was faithful to send the word. You, you missed it. Why is being faithful where he is? God was faithful to send the word. Because God knows the plans he has for you. And Jeremiah, he comes to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, I know you've been prophesying. I know you've been preaching. But today, you ain't preaching. Today, you ain't prophesying. Today, I'm preaching to you. Side note, can't nobody preach like God. Are you, I, I, know, I know you love Twitter and I love your Instagram and you love your Facebook and you love your daily Devo. But let me tell you, if you really want your life to change, put that stuff away for a couple seconds. Get in your prayer closet and get a word from God because one word from God can turn the whole situation around. One word from God can shift you from not having anything to stepping into something. One word from God can open up a door that's been closed for 30 years. One word from God. When God preaches, diseases fall off your life. When God God preaches deliverance comes to your family when God preaches provision will come to your house when God preaches promotion will come to your life when God preaches something has to change because he opened his mouth over your life and I know you love other preachers but please understand we just got our stuff from him anyway Jeremiah's the kind of man that says I'm going to sit right here and God says, I'm going to bring a word. God brought a word and he said, I'm going to preach to you today. But Jeremiah, uh, God said, Jeremiah, I want you to understand something. Uh, today's sermon you ain't going to find on paper. And you're not going to find in the temple. He said, today's sermon, my friends, is an illustrated message. Because I'm going to take you down to the potter's house. And I'm going to let you watch the process of something being made. And as you watch the process, you will hear me preaching. As you watch the process, you'll hear me preaching. As you watch the process, you'll see me preaching about your life. Pay attention to the process because I'm always preaching in the process. Oh, hallelujah. I'm always preaching in the process. Don't get caught up in the process. Listen for the sermon inside of the circumstance. I'm always preaching in the process. Jeremiah, today's sermon is an illustrated sermon on to going down to the potter's house and Jeremiah went down and he took his seat in the congregation and when he took his seat in the congregation Jeremiah sits back and God says it's showtime and out of the corner of his eye the process of making something begins as the potter slips out his front door and walks over to a messy muddy nasty murky field and while everybody else is walking by the field and picking fruit and gathering the flowers, the potter's eyes are not on what is fruitful and what is bountiful, but his eyes are fixed on a muddy, nasty mess. Because isn't that like God? That while everybody else is looking for the finished product, God doesn't look at you for what? Oh, hallelujah. God doesn't look at you for where you are, but he looks at you for what you're about to become. Oh, hallelujah. I said, aren't you glad that God doesn't see you for where you are and doesn't see you for what you've been through and he doesn't see you through your bad decisions, but God will look down and still see the value of your life. He'll still look down and say, I still see something. I still see potential. I see progress. I still see purpose. Despite where you've been and despite what you've done and despite every bad decision, the potter's eyes are still fixed on the mess. Why? Because inside of every mess, there is a message that he wants to convey to the world of grace and mercy. I wish I had a church in here that would praise God that even though you're not it yet you shall be if he still sees give him glory in this room right now. Everybody else walking by. Everybody else said ain't nothing coming out of that. Ain't nothing. Isn't that amazing how People that said they would be there, just walking by. And all of a sudden, uh, the potter says, just keep on walking by. I still see something. And the potter reaches down into the messy, muddy, murky, nasty field. And he picks up a lump of clay. If I don't preach another word, I have just preached right there because I don't know about you, but I am thankful for the day he picked me up. Oh, you're too quiet. 
I said, I don't know about you, but I am thankful for the day that he picked me up because you should have seen me before he picked me up. I wasn't nothing to look at. I wasn't nothing to be around. In fact, I was addicted. I was a mess. I was in some stuff I shouldn't have been in. I didn't even deserve to be picked up. But somewhere along the way, he still saw something good in me and he reached down in my life and he picked me up. I wonder if there's a church in here today with some people in this room that would say, I'm thankful for the day that he picked me up. Why don't you give him some glory for the day he all of hell had your number every demon said it was over but when it looked like it was over God came right to where you were reached down in your mess and picked you up somebody praise him like you're thankful If you see me dancing, I feel like preaching. If you see me dancing and shouting, if you see me running this church, I'm really not trying to get you to like me or something to get you to think I'm some professional praiser. Really what I'm doing is I'm going back to the day when everybody counted me out except the potter and he reached down and he picked me up. One more time, if you're thankful, give him glory in this room. See, what some of you don't even understand is you'd still be there if he had not picked you up. You'd still be addicted. You'd still be in pain. Some of you'd still be in a jail cell. Some of you would still be in a rehabilitation center. But somewhere along the way, the grace and the mercy of God showed up to your life and he picked you up. Somebody giving praise right now. If he never does another thing for you, I said, if he never blesses you again, if he never blesses you financially, if he never heals your body, if he never comes through with your family, let me tell you that just that the fact that he picked you up is enough for you to praise him for the rest of your life. And he picked me up. Oh, hallelujah. I could preach it all day. He picked me up. He, he picked me up. I couldn't pick myself up. He picked me up. He picked me up. He picked me up. You should have seen me before he picked me up. He picked me up. And he picks up the clay. And watch what he does next. He begins to walk with what he picked up. Because my brothers and sisters, when God picks you up, he has no intention of setting you back down in your mess when God picks you up he doesn't pick you up to put you down he picks you up to take you forward when God picks you up he says you ain't never going back to being that ever again in fact as I get a hold of your life you're going to go higher and you're going to go further and you're going to go deeper than you've ever gone in your life I didn't pick you up to set you down I picked you up to move you forward now I cannot deny that the devil tries to imitate this and everything that he offers you. Because how many know it's true? Alcohol will pick you up. Don't get religious on me. I don't know what to say. Get the camera off me. Get the camera. There's no doubt that alcohol will pick you up. There's no doubt that drugs will pick you up. Yes, they will. That's why we call getting. Amen. There is no doubt in my mind that a one-night stand will fill a very temporal need. But the problem with the enemy is that everything that the enemy does, he picks you up. But watch this. It always sets you right back down where it found you. That's why you feel guilty and hung over after being drunk. You feel guilty and all this after a one night. That's why you feel down after you got high. Why? Because the enemy says, I'll offer it to you, but it will end up, it won't move you. But what is it about God that when he picks you up, he says that place is the, la it will be the last time you ever see that place in your life. It'll be the last time you're ever that low. It'll be the last time you're ever that depressed, that suicidal, or that angry and bitter. Because the moment I picked you up, I turned my corner and said, you'll never be be there ever again and he started walking me and moving me and taking me touch your neighbor say neighbor God's about to take you to your destiny if you believe it give him praise right now 
Now, 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 I know that you're not there yet, and I know you haven't made it there yet, but that's not reason for you to stop praising God because the fact that he started a work, he who has begun a good work is faithful to finish the things that he starts in your life. If God picks you up, he's going to bring it to completion. Give him glory if you believe it in this room. And he picked it up, and all of a sudden, he started walking with it. But no, when God starts walking, he also starts talking. Can you imagine that conversation? You don't even know what you're about to be. Because when God starts talking, he starts talking like this. For I know the plans that I have you, says the Lord. God starts saying like this. You are more than a conqueror. You are the head and not the tail. Yeah, I want to let no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Oh, and if I be for you, what can be against you? You are greater than what you know. See, that's what God will do. God will begin to prophesy over your life. As you begin to walk with God, God will make sure you stay encouraged because he will speak as he moves you. That's how I know if you're walking with God or walking with people. Because when you start walking with people and forget God, people don't always encourage you like Because you can get around the wrong people and spoil your whole destiny. You can get around the wrong people and forget about what God said and what God did and what God promised, and you can start living in now, and God says, why are you listening to them? I already told you. I'm going to bring you to, oh, hallelujah, to the place I promised you. If you'll just stay right here, I promise you'll get to your purpose. And up until this place, in the process of making something, I was with it. It made sense to me. Picking it up. Moving it forward. Conversating with it. It's what happens next in the process that messed me up. Because as Jeremiah is watching this process unfold, he sees the potter take what he picked up and put it back in his house. Now, to put this in your world, let me show you what I mean. I, I grew up with one of them real spiritual mamas. Amen. I got one. My mama wasn't Pentecostal. My mama was Pentecostal. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, my mama was spiritual. Uh, let me just tell you, we would get ready to go out. Me and the guys, we'd get ready to go out. And uh, she said, where y'all going? I said, out. She said, sit down. <laughs> she said, sit down. She said, all y'all, lift your hands. <laughs> my friends, are we surrendering already? Is this what's going to happen? She said, I plead the blood. I told my friends, I said, she, she smokes stuff. She's, uh, she's on it. But, but my mom was spiritual, but she also had a bunch of rules, not just spiritually, but a bunch of rules concerning the house. Because there's one rule my mama had. She didn't want a dirty house. My mama likes a clean house. She would send us outside. All the ladies said, Amen. Punching your husbands and stuff. I see it. And my mama watches. We would go outside, and we would play and all this, and we would go to come back in. It'd be raining, muddy, and all of a sudden, like a ghost, my mom would show up at that front door. <laughs> She'd say things like this. She'd say, what's our rule? i say, I don't know. She said, what's our rule? She said, you know I don't want no mess in my house. Because, see, for most people, you don't want dirt. For, for most people, they don't want a mess in their house. Help me do it, Holy Ghost. But there are, oh, but there is a potter who is okay with having a mess in his house. Let me put that in your word. Aren't you glad you didn't have to be perfect today to come to church? Aren't you glad you didn't have to have it all together? Aren't you glad that there was grace and mercy in this place? Aren't you glad that you didn't have to be a perfect saint with a perfect record, but yet God looked at your life, dirt and all, and said, whosoever will, let him come. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for a God this morning that let me in even when I didn't deserve him. He let me in despite who I was and who I used to be. And so if you see me praising God, yes, I'm thankful for when he picked me up, but I'm even more grateful that he let me in when I didn't deserve to be in. Somebody ought to give him praise that he let you in. 
He lets you in with that nasty addiction. He lets you in with that nasty mouth. He lets you in with all those issues and problems and still look past. Let me tell you, when he lets you in, it don't matter what color you are. It don't matter where you've come from. It don't matter your past. It don't matter your background. Whosoever will, let him come. And if God is okay with a mess, you should be as well. It's amazing you pray prayers like, Lord, grow our church. But you can't say grow our church if you also say they can't come. Preach, Pastor Josh, preach. You can't say you want revival if revival only belongs to the chosen frozen. You, you, you can't get to the place where you say, God, you can save everybody except because God has a way of confounding your exception. God has a way of marching everybody in this room despite what they've been through and despite the pain in their life because if we're going to really see the gospel in action, we can't say you and you. We have to say who, soever, let them come. If you believe it, give God praise right now for the harvest of souls that are about to walk through that door. I prophesy right now. You're going to come looking away, sounding away, but that's okay anyway let them come oh I felt hell getting mad right there I felt hell getting mad right there because the devil wants to keep us divided but I feel like I'm in a church today that says we don't care where you came from all we know is we got the answer and when you get here God will change your life And he let, oh, help me do it, a mess in his house. If you want religion to fall off you, never stop remembering where you came from. Because it's hard for me to remember what he did and judge you at the same time. And he brought it. In his house. You okay? Everybody good? And he brought it in his house. And then to make the chaos even crazier, he did something even more dramatic. As not only did he let the mess in, but he set the mess right in the center of his wheel. No, no, no. Not, not his, just his W-H-E-E-L. But it was a sign and a symbol that when you come in, he puts you right in the center of his W-I. LL. See, 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 you think that God calls the qualified, but the truth is God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies mm, the called. See, sometimes you, all you have to do is do something if you want to see God do something in your life. Sometimes it doesn't mean you have to have it all together and be perfect because there's some people sitting in the church going, well, do I have to be like that, sound like that, talk like that? The devil is a liar. God says when you got in this place and you gave your life to him, God said you became eligible to be used in my kingdom you would be shocked what God would do if you would do something see how quiet it just got I said you would be shocked at what God would do if you would do something because God always works a thing from small, from small to great. It never starts from great to small. It's small to great. Ask David. David, you're going to carry cheese, but carrying cheese is a way I'm going to get you the crown. And if you can carry the cheese, you can have the crown. Why? Because I always work a big thing through a little thing. And if you can get the little thing, God says, I'll do the big thing in your life. Sometimes influence starts without a microphone. Sometimes greatness doesn't require a stage. You never know the oak tree without the acorn. And he said, I'm going to set it right in the center of my wheel. Oh, hallelujah. But to make matters worse, Despite the picking up and the walking in and the bringing in and the setting down, all of a sudden, trouble hit the wheel. Because just as soon as it got in the center of the wheel, Jeremiah notices that the wheel begins to spin. 
Isn't it crazy how when you really went all in for God, things started spinning? I wish I had some real people up in here today. No, no, no. When you were out there in the world, you were kind of a master of your own destiny. If you didn't like the wheel, you got off. But isn't it amazing how when you really make up your mind, you're going to pray more and serve more and give more. and You're going to sow more and you're going to do more for the kingdom and you're going, you're going to share your faith more. Isn't it amazing how when you start to get really radical for God, things start spinning? And isn't it amazing how all of a sudden people that said they were ride or dies start leaving and people start talking behind your back and he breaks up with you and she leaves you and things start going crazy. Isn't it amazing how the minute you got on the wheel, things started spinning out of control? And the enemy loves to play in the spin. The enemy loves to, loves to, loves to get you playing in the spin and likes to, think you, like, likes to make you think that God ain't working for you and God ain't doing nothing for you. And see what happened? You gave it all to God and God ain't there and God's not moving, but the devil is a liar because let me let you in on a little secret. Sometimes it takes a violent spin for the potter to mold and make the vessel. So don't get it twisted, baby. As it's spinning, God's making and molding in your life. Just touch two people, say, let it spin. Let it spin. Let them talk about you. Let them run their mouth about you. Let them say some things about you. Let them walk away from you. Let all that stuff happen. Do you not know that while you're doing all that, God is working? He's molding me and making me despite the spin. And in the spin, he's shifting me and making me what he wants me to be. Just touch two more people, say, let it spin. Could it be in this room? Oh, I feel like preaching. Could it be in this room that God is using the devil to build your life? I'm going to say it again. I said, could it be that God is using the devil to build your life? Let me give you a Bible so you don't go crazy. Let me give you a Job. The enemy says, I want him. God says, well... If you want him, you need permission. Because the enemy can't do anything without permission. And the devil says, can I have permission? And God says, I have been trying to get Job double. So if I let you bring trouble, it'll give me permission to bring double. See, sometimes God just is you. Let me tell you what it looks like. Let me just teach you. For, let me, y'all ever seen one of them little mouthy dogs on a chain? You're running in the neighborhood and you get one of them dogs and blah, 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 blah. All they want to do is bark. Blah, 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 blah. And just about the time they get barking too crazy, they get too close, the owner comes out and jerks that chain. Can I tell you, that's exactly what God does to the devil, that when God sees you're too complacent to be blessed and too mediocre to be blessed, God will let a little bit of trouble. He'll give a little slack in the chain and let the enemy come in and move you a little bit. But God says, just before you kill him and just before you take him out, God says, I'm going to jerk the chain on that joker to let him know who's boss, to let him know I've got all authority in my hand, to let him know that you ain't going to do what you set out to do. I'm in control. How do you know that? Because, yes, it's spinning, but if you really want to know the truth, Take a peek up under the wheel and see whose foot is controlling the spin. God said, yes, it's spinning, but I ain't going to let this thing spin out of control. Somebody who's grateful, give him glory right now. Oh, I feel the glory. Yes, I just set somebody free right there who thought everything was going to go crazy. The devil is a liar. God is in control. See, what you don't understand, oh, I feel the anointing. What you don't understand is by the end of this thing, God's going to work all things together for your good. And by the end of this thing, every hater is about to be an elevator to your purpose. Somebody shout now if you believe it. I feel hell getting mad. 
I feel hell getting mad because he just got exposed for the puny wimp that he is. That all he is is somebody on the chain. And God's going to jerk that joker and tell him, you can't have my kids. Why? Because I'm about to bless them in 2018 like they've never been blessed before. Be seated. Uh, oh, he just got found out. Uh, and all of a sudden it's spinning. But I know what you're asking. Pastor Josh, why does the enemy make it spin? And why does, why does God allow it to spin? Yes, it's because he's working all things and molding you. But please understand, the reason why God allowed it and let the enemy do it is because God has a way of putting treasure treasure in earthen vessels and the enemy comes along because he can't touch the treasure he tries to make you give up in the spin the enemy is more aware of it's of what's in you than you are aware of what's and so the enemy can't touch the treasure, so he makes it spin and spin. Why? For the single purpose of getting you to quit before it's your time to reap. But that's where you got to make up your mind in this room. I shall not be moved. You got to make up your mind that no matter how it spins and how much it spins, I'm going to plant my feet up on this wheel and I'm going to keep on coming to church and I'm going to keep on praising God and I'm going to keep on lifting my hands and I'm going to keep on serving and I'm going to keep on leading my small group and I'm going to keep on being a part of a small group to let that devil know that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. God's got a treasure and I'm going to see it through so here's the word of the Lord for you if you don't quit you can't be stopped oh did you just hear what I told you God told me to tell you that if you don't quit you can't be stopped if you don't give up in the spin God said you're gonna make it to your destiny if you believe it give him praise right now Just encourage three people around you, say you can't quit. Say you can't quit. You can't give up. You can't let go. You can't give in. You can't get discouraged. You can't run away. You can't hide in fear. God said you're closer than you've ever been. If you don't quit, it's almost your season. Somebody shout now. Let me finish this thing. I'm telling you, I feel the glory of God in this room. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I feel victory in this room. And all of a sudden, he looks, uh, he looks, and Jeremiah notices that the spin has done something severe to the vessel. That in the middle of the chaos of the spin, and the setting, he notices that this wildness of the spin and the wind from the spin has dried the vessel out. Because if you want to know the secondary consequence to the attack of the spin is that if the enemy can't get you to quit, he wants to leave you dry. Because the truth of the matter is, he doesn't mind you coming to church, he just don't want you to get anything from it. He don't mind you serving as long as you don't have influence and make an impact. He, he doesn't mind, watch, he doesn't mind you coming here as long as you come in here dehydrated. And so the spin comes to your life to dehydrate your life, to pull out every ounce of liquid, to pull out every ounce of praise, to pull out every ounce of worship so that you get in this room and you watch everybody else worship and everybody else have a moment, yet you stand there stiff. Because some of you six months ago were the first people in the aisles shouting, dancing, and running. Two years ago, you were the one down here showing God that praise, what praise really looks like, and showing this congregation how to lead and worship. You were there. You were the bad person. But somewhere along the way, life hit. The spin came. And now you're stiff. And you know you're stiff when you start saying things like, it's too loud. <laughs> 
when you start saying things like, it don't take all that. Y'all too quiet. You know you're stiff in the presence of the Lord when all of a sudden you say, is it lunch yet? Isn't it amazing how the same person six months ago would stay here all night? Because before you know it, you can get in the spin on the wheel and you lose your flexibility and your motability. Watch this, and your vulnerability because you never get something from God without being vulnerable in his presence. And the potter said, there's an issue, but I have a fix. Bring me the water. Because anytime you come in stiff, you are a prime candidate for God to bring a word. Because the Bible says that you can be made clean by the washing, the water, the hydration of the word of God. Isn't it amazing how we can all be sitting in a service? Have you ever been sitting in a service and all of a sudden you came in stiff, you had issues, you had problems, and all of a sudden while the singers are singing or the preacher is preaching, your heart starts beating fast again and tears well up in your eyes. Why? Because the water of the word had made it down to the recesses of your soul and God has begun to speak a thing again and you're becoming vulnerable again. And anytime you start feeling him that way, don't... Be stiff to it. Surrender on the inside of it and watch God begin to do a work in your life. Because the enemy knows that if he can't have your treasure, he wants your water. Is that too deep? If the enemy knows he can't get your treasure, then he's after your water. That's why Jesus put a well on the inside of you to keep you hydrated even during the worst of moments even during the most terrible times in your life there is still a water source on the inside of you can I go deeper real quick let me show you what I mean I feel the anointing of God let me let me show you because the enemy devils demons the Bible says walk through dry places if you want the environment for demonic attack, just stay dry. As long as you stay hydrated in your spirit, there is no room for there to be attack. Let me show you Bible. Let me show you Bible. Some of y'all look at me funny. Let me show you Bible. The Bible says that Jesus shows up on the shore of the Gadarenes and there is a man named Legion full of demons, thousands and thousands of demons, thousands and thousands. And Jesus shows up on the shore and he says, hey, you got to go. And the demons say, uh, hey, man, uh, we, we don't want to leave here. Um, can you put us uh, Can you put us in them pigs? I don't want you to notice what happened when the demons got in the pigs, but rather where the pigs went when the demons got in them. Because the Bible says that all of a sudden these pigs took off and jumped over a cliff and drowned themselves in water. Why? Because even pigs know demons can't swim. Oh, I said even pigs know that you can drown that devil with your worship, that you can drown that disease with your praise. Even pigs know that if you want to stay in a place where God moves in your life, all you got to do is let that well well up on the inside of you and you'll drown every devil, every demon. Somebody who believes it, give him a shout of praise right now. See, what you don't understand you're doing right now is you're drowning depression off of your life. With that praise, you are drowning a disease off your life. So I'm going to give you 10 seconds right here. Open up your mouth and drown that I said drown that devil. I said drown that disease. You got 10 seconds. Open up your mouth and Oh, I feel like running in this room. I feel the Holy Ghost about to take over because somebody just got breakthrough. Drown that devil. Drown that devil. Oh. 
me give you Old Testament, and then I'm done. But all of a sudden, oh, yeah. Pharaoh is chasing the children of Israel. And God said, how can I drown Pharaoh? Moses, I want you to take them through the Red Sea. I want you to take them through water. And as you begin to take them through water, it's going to look like they got you. But guess what? Just in the nick of time, they're going to realize it was an ambush. Because I'm going to let that water fall right on Pharaoh and drown that Pharaoh one more time. Give him glory in this room. I'm trying to get out of this, but I feel breakthrough in this room. I feel like somebody's about to get victory over some disease, uh, over some issue. But I hear the Holy Ghost in my ear saying, if you'll praise me like you've lost your mind, I'll drown that devil. In fact, why don't you take 30 seconds and lose your mind and let God drown that 25 seconds, drown that devil with your worship. Drown that devil with your praise. 15. Cancer's about to fall off your body. Oppression's about to fall off your body. 10 seconds. Now one more time, somebody give him a shout of praise right now. The devil picked the wrong day to mess with you. He picked the wrong service to mess with you. He's picked the wrong week to come after you because God just put a tool in your hand that's going to let you drown that devil. Real soft. Let's, let me finish this. Stand on your feet, everybody. Woo, I feel the glory of God. Jesus. Jeremiah looks as the potter applies water. But in the middle of applying water, he sees another byproduct of the spin. Because now the vessel is hydrated, but it's still bent out of shape. And God told me today that I was going to come in a room with some people who are right in the center of his wheel. But you're worried. You're right in the middle of his plan, but you're afraid. The, the spin was so violent and so chaotic that you've been out of shape. The Lord told me there would be people in this room today that even though you're in the center of his will, you've cried yourself to sleep, wondering, is God going to come through? I feel the anointing of God in this room. You're wondering, is he going to come through? And Jeremiah looked down and said, I see, I see, that's it. Somebody getting freedom right there. Come on, don't, don't, don't even spectate. Why don't you participate? I'm telling you, somebody's getting a breakthrough today. And they went to bring the pot of the water. And he said, for this issue of being bent out of shape, I don't eat the water. I'll just use my hand. Isn't it amazing to know that we serve a God that is still willing to touch his people? Now, no matter if you're on the front row or the back row, no matter if it's your first day or it's been 30 years since you've been at this church, he is the God that's always willing to touch you when you feel like you've been out of shape. I could praise him all day for the moments in my life when I didn't know what to pray and I didn't know how to praise, but right in the middle of a lyric and right in the middle of a sermon, he put his hand on my life and he shifted it and he brought it back into focus. I'm thankful for his touch. Well, my brothers and sisters, I preached all that to get right here.
Because the Bible says that in the middle of making something that he became aware that the potter and the clay, that it was marred, the, the clay was marred in the hand of the potter. It showed me that you could be in God and insecure. You could be in God and in pain. You could be in Christ and still have real hurts and real problems and real issues. But the text says, instead of throwing it out like people often do, he made it again into another. When I read that, I was shocked because how do you make it into another? It's either got to be it or another. But then I begin to think about the redemptive work of Jesus, about how he'll take a life, a life that looked one way, and by the time that he's done with that life, it's you, but it's a new you. It's you, but it's another you. It's you, but it's a you who's not depressed and not suicidal and not angry and not unforgiving. It's you, but it's another you. And so I packed up my Bible and I said, I'm done. Lord, thank you for the sermon. And I got to the threshold of my door. And the Holy Ghost said, where are you going? He said, I'm not done talking to you. He said, I have one question for you to end your sermon. I said, yes, Lord. He said, I want to know what never changed. I said, Lord, you got to be kidding. The whole text is about change. From the moment he picked it up, walked with it, brought it in, set it down, spun it, used it, molded it, it's all about change. What do you mean what never changed? He said, I want to know what didn't change. And all of a sudden when I read the text, it came flying out at me that no matter where the clay was in the process, I feel the glory. No matter where, whether it was being picked up or moved, there was one constant in the text, that no matter where it was, it never left his hand. And I want to tell somebody in this room this morning, it may seem like God is absent, and it may seem like God's not there. And it may seem like everything is going crazy. But my friends, God brought me in this room to tell you that he didn't pick you up then to let you go right now. God told me to tell you, you're right where you need to be. And even though you might not feel him and you might not sense him, he's got you right where he wants you and that he's about to bless your life. If you believe it, somebody give him praise right now. He didn't pick you up then to let you go now. I look across this room and I see tears flowing out of people's eyes. God loved you enough to bring this preacher in to tell you that he's still got you. That he's not forgotten about you. That if he ever started something in your life, he is the God that will bring it to completion. I feel the anointing of God ministering to people right now. People who have been in chaos. People with the winds of life. Just slip up your hands in this room. All across this room. I'm telling you, I sense the spirit of God. Let me tell you, it's okay to cry today. God knows. He's seen. He's seen every wind, of the, every wind on the wheel. He's seen every moment of fear and anxiety. But God has brought me here to tell you. He's got you right where he wants you. You're right in the center. I want you to take 30 seconds right there. And I'm telling you, I feel the Spirit of the Lord moving in, in and out of every hour. I feel the wind of God blowing. I hear the Lord say, if you'll just slip up your hands and you'll just open up your mouth and begin to tell me what's hurting and why it's hurting, God said he's going to bring your hand, his hand right to where you are. Are you ready? Come on, just go right here. Go ahead, Pastor John. Sing. While the, come on, pray. Sing. Sing, Pastor John. Pray, people. Pray, people of God. Come on, he's ministering to you right now. Sing, Pastor John.
someone he's ministering to you right now. To every hurt and to every pain. It's okay to cry right now. The Spirit of God is ministering. I see you. Let Him minister. Let Him touch. Let Him mold. Come on, Pastor John. We sing. surrender to the molding and the making with your hands as high as you can. Come on, sing it out in this room. All my free people, we sing it. Yes to the molding. Yes to the making. He didn't pick you up there to let you go now, so we sing it. Can you sing it loud? you to simply put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. God sent me today to encourage you, to reassure you, to tell you he didn't pick you up then to let you go now. And though you've been hurting, and though you've been going through it, God's going to see you through to the very end, that you're right in the palm of his hand. Lord, I pray blessings and favor over this, your people. Encourage hearts. Make them pliable. To everyone sick in their body, he didn't pick you up then to let you go now. To everyone depressed and looking for, but he didn't pick you up then to let you go now. He's got you. I decree blessing, favor, and open doors over your life. In Jesus' name, somebody who believes it, shout amen. Did you get anything from the Word of God today? Listen, before you leave, as Pastor would say, so does this say to you, we love you so much. I look into so many eyes of so many people that were touched by the Spirit of God today. It's only just begun for you. Pastor Troy's going to close us in prayer. So one more time, just to appease me, just put your hand on that neighbor's shoulder one more time. If you're a first-time guest, meet me and the staff back at Guest Central. What a day in the presence of the Lord. We love you so much. Pastor Troy, why don't you close us? What a great word God has brought us today. Amen. Uh, Pastor Josh and Natasha are going to go out this center aisle. They're going to go in our room and a lot of our staff as well. And they want to meet you. If you're our guest today, this is your first time coming or it's been a long time. Just stop by. Just stop. As you go out, it's to the left there. Just stop out and say hello. Let us talk to you and shake your hand at least. We'd really appreciate you doing that for us, and we'd like you to meet you as well. Also, keep in mind, I know you've heard a lot about small groups. Um, some of you probably have been online and said, well, I've been trying to find your small groups, and they're, uh, they're not there. 
Well, no, they're not there. And the reason they're not there is because we're going to launch them all at the same time. That'll be not this Sunday, but next Sunday. When everybody's out in the four years, the whole four years is going to be nothing but small groups. Online will then be live. You'll have over like 150 different small groups to choose from. From Bible studies to marriage was to financial classes to fishing to whatever. There's going to be so many different ones. It's going to be something for everybody. So we ask you to be a part of that. All right? So let's pray. Father, I love you, God. God, I thank you right now for having just given us the opportunity just to be in a service like this. God, we know not everybody gets to do it, but we do. We consider ourselves and our live stream audience. It's a privilege for us to do this. But God, it's not going to be a privilege if we leave this information in the room. God, I pray right now that every one of us, we're going to go to our workplaces tomorrow, or people we see in the grocery store. God, we just love on people and share something about this word that we can share with somebody else. God, we thank you, God, for giving us that opportunity right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I usually say, see you Wednesday night, but not this time. We we'll love you. We'll see you next Sunday. Pastor Ed will be back.